Ah, oh, I just, how he delivers that line, I was like, oh, kind of scared, kind of horny. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm Em. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And this week we have such an exciting episode of Romancing the Monsters because we are finally discussing the Bridgerton series on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Which there was like an embargo in our chat, in our group chat, because we were not allowed to talk about it because we would just talk about it forever and so we had to stop ourselves restrain ourselves until today and the funny thing is we finished it so soon like I finished it a lot quicker than I said I was gonna start it I remember saying I was gonna start yeah. it on the Sunday but then ended up watching it all on the Saturday and I wanted to talk about it but we couldn't even though Girl, we all finished it I told myself so like on the 25th at like 11 o'clock at night, I was like, oh, just just one episode, like just to see, just to get the nerves off. You know what I mean? Like just to get it out of the way. And then four hours later, I was four episodes deep and I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is, this it's is addicting. Terrible. It was. It is. And yeah. the funny thing is, so I was like, OK, I'm a, I'm a night owl. Um, so I'm checking my chat before I go to bed and then like Marge is like messaging in in the chat and being like, tell me how I've watched four episodes and I'm not sleeping yet. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because, like, that's unheard of for M. She does not, like, she goes to bed at, like, I don't even know what time, but. Probably, like, 8 o'clock, right? Yeah, 7, 7 o'clock. So, no, Marge is in bed. (laughs) I'm not a grandma. No, I mean, I I have a sleep schedule. You do not see me at 4 a.m. in the group chat talking. I will agree to that. And here I was talking at 4 (laughs) o'clock. So, um, that happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how 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 does one go into this? i don't even um, know what is our format i don't even do we have one or are we just gonna be squealing for okay the whole so thing? i think we'll try to stick to the episode okay <laughs> go by episode and go episode by episode just so that it's um it makes sense chronologically yeah. but uh you know us we're probably gonna jump into the last scene of the show before we even talk about the first one so yeah <laughs> You um you both watched it twice? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you did it? No, okay. And S was starting it for a third time. Yeah, oh my god. Waiting for you girls. I wanted okay, I wanted to watch it a second time, but then I ended up doing my notes and then, you know, Turkish shows happened and so it didn't happen. Um but yeah. I mean the notes really, you know, brought it all back. But I like it was still fresh on my mind when I was uh doing my notes, so well, to be fair, I was listening to the score right before this. Like as I as I was getting ready, I was listening to the the original score, and it is so it's good. beautiful. It really I was lo- it's yeah. so I good. was watching interviews with the cast right before yeah. this. Yeah, I love them. They're so yeah. cute. 
That's what they I want to watch. I want to watch the interviews. Yeah, I want to do that. They're so cute. I love the cast. Even like reggae. Uh, he's very different he in is. real life than he is as the Duke. And I'm like, okay, reggae, you're like a cute little charming boy in real life, but like you're a daddy. So. <laughs> it's like, it's so like telling on how great of an actor he is. Sorry, this is Simon, by the way. Yeah. The guy who plays Simon. Yeah. Um, yeah, he changes his whole like mannerisms and like even like the way his eyebrows arch and like, yeah, he's. Um, Anyways, this is not... <laughs> I mean, all of them are. All of them are. I feel like that the actress that is most similar or seems the most similar in real life as she is to, like, to her character is the girl who plays Eloise. Yes. Yeah. Like, they seem very similar, which I freaking love Eloise. I anyway, love the score, her. Original score, amazing. Um, I did not like the... Uh... That's, like, my one pet peeve with the show is, like, the... Um modern twists or like the orchestra versions of same. the pop modern music. songs same i, I find mind it super it. distracting i didn't mind it no mm. i mean it's not it wasn't bad like it's yeah. a beautiful rendition of it but i just find it distracting in the show yeah. i'm like because i'm sitting here like oh why do i know this rhythm like why do i know this and th- that's not what i should be paying attention to mm-hmm. so and like plus the original score is so much more beautiful in my in my opinion that it's just it's it pales in comparison so anyway, i agree we're di- we're already you know, <laughs> no we ended up talking topic. about how hot um, reggae is <laughs> Steph, yeah maybe we should start with a little explanation of what this book is about um well the show sh- how about that okay <laughs> uh, this book this show well, <laughs> the book this uh the show is adapted by julia quinn's bridgerton series um which obviously is mm-hmm the same title um and it deals with the bridgerton family um so do i just go into episode one if we're gonna do it that way shouldn't we at least first say what we think of the show and then go oh. into each episode i don't separately? know we've never done a tv show before okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. you're right does that make more sense yeah. then because then or else when are we t- okay so okay i mean <laughs> we're chaotic already this is great this is fine seven minutes in already a mess <laughs> So should should we go on to say what we liked first that we liked? I feel not, like or? yeah. So then then we get into like like the separate episodes. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. So what do we think of the show? How did you guys like it? Let's go first. How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love- just throw you under the bus right <laughs> That's now. That's <laughs> fine. I'll go first. I loved it. I'm obs- I was obsessed with everything. I didn't get to read the book. You guys know yeah. that. Um, and I'm kind of, I think halfway into the show, I kind of, I'm kind of glad that I didn't read the book because I feel like I would be more critical of it. Um, but I loved it. I'm obsessed. I'm already on my third time watching it. I love everything about it. I mean, it was a really good show. Okay. So the interesting thing here is that Seth has read the book, didn't like the book. I read the book, loved the book. S didn't read the book. And so we all have different uh, viewpoints here, which is great. Um, I fucking loved it. I'm freaking obsessed with it. Like, it is, it it has become my whole life right now. (laughs) Um, I feel like, no, but it's like, that sounds so shallow, but I feel like it's actually a lot deeper than that for me personally. Like, I just, I feel. Like, especially in recent years, mainstream media has just hurt me so much in certain ways. Like, just made me really disappointed. Like, Mm -hmm. made me care about certain stories. Um, 
by telling me that they really care about their female characters and that, you know, it's their journey and then ultimately pissing on that idea. And it's really hurt me. And so as much as I was really excited for it going into it, I was also like thinking about that and thinking like, maybe I shouldn't be so excited because I've just been disappointed so many times already. And I truly believe that this show has healed me in some way. Like, it really gave me what I needed out of everything that, like, has come before that just really did not deliver. And I truly feel like it's such a statement for the romance world as well. Like, just of showing actually what romance can do and how it can be and why it's why it's a genre that so many women slash people um relate to so deeply and i felt like it's like the first romance adaptation that that to me didn't feel like it was mocking itself you know it didn't feel like it it truly felt like the people that were involved in this actually love and understand the genre and what it's trying to do um and so, yeah, I just, I really, I'm surprised with how much I connect with, connected with it. And, like, as you said, like, oh, I'm glad I didn't read it. The thing is, I read the book. And I still fucking love the <laughs> show, despite how different it is. It's, like, it's weirdly really different and really similar at the same time. It's interesting. Like, they built on a lot of th- stuff that's just mentioned in the book. Because, obviously, the book is much more focused on our leads. Mm-hmm. Whereas here in the show, you have tons of side stories and they're also like, there's bits and pieces that's like started here that really is to build up towards other books, which I find really interesting. Like, I just feel like they fleshed out this entire world so beautifully and just, I fucking love it. <laughs> anyway, I can talk about it for hours, which I probably will. So we were, we're going to move on to stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So... As March said, I read the book and I really didn't like it. I think March, like, I don't know. Like, I think she, like, has judgment because I didn't like it. But <laughs> um, I loved it. By the way, I reread the book, the the, the first yeah. book before watching the show. And I loved it more the second time. And, it's, around, so I'm and like, I think it's really interesting because <laughs> it's so fresh in your mind. Yet you still loved yeah. the show so much. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so for me, um, I actually really really enjoyed the show um as compared did not love though oh my gosh I will tell you why I will tell you why it had nothing to do with like the world like the actors like the music for me it was just like the story at the end of the day was not something that I liked and I knew that going in but like I still really enjoyed it and I really really liked it and it made me okay (laughs) so um, I like if you go read my Goodreads review, you'll know that I'm very vocal about my dislike on uh, Daphne. This show shit. actually made me really. <laughs> <laughs> this show made me actually really like her character, and I count that as an amazing feat because I really, really liked her character and I loved her growth as a character as well. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty much a heroine's journey. And as you said, it was, like, told with a female gaze and, like, a female perspective that really highlighted, like, a woman's journey in life. Um, 
And I really, really liked that. I really enjoyed the show and I loved all the characters. Um, yeah, but for me, again, it's just like the story, like it had problems with like the same problems I had even in the reading the book, but I think they handled it a lot better in the show than they did obviously in the book um, because they kind of probably had to tame it down a bit um, in terms of like what happened, um, which we'll talk about when we get to it. But yeah, I, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed it. I really, really was enthralled. I am a, like not obsessed, but I really like, I want to watch it again. Um, so yeah, I really like that's it. a win in my book. If Seth says she wants yeah. to watch it again. I'm I told, yeah, I didn't hate it. And I, I mean, to that. be fair, I saw so many women online saying that their husbands are loving the show just as much as they are. And I'm really? like, you know what? I love that. If some That's men are going to watch a female gaze story and go, I love this. I'm like, thank you. Yes. I I'm actually seeing, you. I've seen a couple TikToks where guys are actually recommending other people to watch it. So I thought that was oh, cool. See? Yeah. I love yeah. that. This is, this is. This is what we needed in 2020. This is the romance story that we needed. And we can get into the stuff that's happened like later on. But I truly think that at the end of the day, it's a story of hope. And it's a story yes. of of growth. And a story of a woman coming into her own and discovering yeah. what and who she wants to be as opposed to who she is told to be. Exactly. And I just, I think it's so powerful how it's solely focused on her experience of this story her um you know pleasure her journey her like it's all her even like yeah sure like i mean simon is certainly there <laughs> and uh, we're certainly seeing him you know all of him yeah his beautiful that nice booty <laughs> but i but it's it's amazing how everything always comes back to her we're always back to how is she experiencing all of this? And yeah, <sighs> fantastic. Okay, <laughs> should we go into the episodes? First episode, Diamond of the First Water. There you go. Steph, what okay. is that episode about? Um, so it starts off with an introduction to the Featherington family. Um, which again, they're all they're all pretty like prim and proper. Like they have to be perfect. Um. Um, they're probably going to see the queen. And then we also flash to the Bridgerton family, which, again, really, like, shows the differences between the two families because the Bridgerton family is all over the place. They're doing, I don't even know what they're doing. They're just, like, frantic. Miss um, Daphne, who is being presented to the queen, um, she's taking quite a bit. And then we get our first introduction to Eloise Bridgerton. Um <laughs> I loved her intro, guys. All she did was yell up the stairs for yeah. her sister to come down, and it was just the funniest you must thing. Make haste! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so perfectly Eloise, but also like anyone who has siblings has done that once in their yes. lives. When your parents are like, "Go tell your sister or brother this," and you're like, "Fuck that! If I'm going there myself, I'm <laughs> no, just gonna I'm just shouted. gonna yell up the stairs." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're probably gonna see the queen. Um, and they're looking for their eldest brother, Anthony, who is supposed to be, you know, escorting and chaperoning this experience. <laughs> um, but he, uh, you know, we realize he's having sex against a tree with his mistress. The first glimpse at a booty in the show. <laughs> that scene, man, with the, the poor guy, like the like the butler or whatever that's just that yeah! standing there. Yeah. <laughs> and he shakes his head, too, like, oh, my God. I love it. Oh gosh. Yeah. Anyways. 
I just, I loved it because, like, obviously, I feel like that was our first experience with sex in the show, and that was, like... I mean, right away, right? It tells you yeah. that this show is not going to be, like, every other period drama you've seen. No, this <laughs> ain't like, no right Jane Austen <laughs> adaptation. Nuh-uh. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I loved that they did that. Of course, it was really awkward because I watched it with my mom and my sister. Tell me how I fully said I wasn't going to do that, and it happened. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really funny because my mom's read the books. Yeah. And like obviously Did I Did she read like it. them? My mom, yeah, my mom loved the books. Okay. Yes, Seth's mom. You and I are the same. <laughs> She's on um, team like it. <laughs> Did she like the show though? Um, yeah, she actually really enjoyed it. My whole house actually enjoyed it. My dad ended up joining in for um of course the shagging episode. And I'm like, really, Dad? <laughs> like really? <laughs> it was the radar. He knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, my whole family got into it. Anyways, um, what other what other things? We digress. <laughs> we get yeah again. Um, anyways, so women of the ton are brought in front of the queen, and she determines who's the season's incomparable. Um, and she really does not seem in, like impressed with the Featherington sisters. And when Daphne comes around, she's like, "Whoa!" Um, and then Daphne becomes the season's incomparable. Can I just say I love that they included that. That is obviously not something that's in the book, but it's something that's always mentioned in uh, historical romance, like being present, mm-hmm. like presented to the queen, mm-hmm. which you never see in like a period drama ever. And yet this is an histor- historically accurate thing that happens. Um, and I love that they included it. And it's just such like a weirdly emotional scene with like Daphne walking down like that aisle, I guess you could say, and being presented. And then the queen is like, you're absolutely flawless. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, I think it's like the start of, you know, Daphne's journey as far as like her being always told she has to be perfection. Exactly. And it's very telling that the queen says you're flawless. And that's like her first thing like it's like her first affirmation yeah yeah Yeah. um oh yeah we should also um talk about lady whistledown who um she's voiced by julie andrews um and she is the gossip paper of the ton and she has all the deeds and all the intel on all things ton um and yeah eloise gets a hold of the copy of the paper and then that literally uh the whole family becomes aware of lady whistledown um and she's our narrator of the show she's so good like it's so well done like in the sense that it really adds to the story you know sometimes you're like oh it could just be like not boring but useless but in this case i feel like it actually adds to the story and really lets you know like, especially towards the end, like, in certain scenes, which we can talk about later on, because I literally yeah. wrote down her whole, her whole speech because I was like, this is very telling. Um, but I freaking love that. Julie Andrews, queen, absolute queen. Yes. I love her voice, too, though. Like, it's just, like, she it sounds so iconic. queenly. And, like, her voice just matches <laughs> this world and, like, this time period. And I'm like, yes. But what do we think of their first meeting? In that ball. Okay, um, I loved it. Like, I love the whole... Okay, so basically they met at Laura, sorry, Lady Danbury's ball that Simon had to make an appearance at. Um, and they run into each other. And, like, the music was so good. And, like, all of it was so good. I loved it. So that's... Uh, that's another change that I'm, like, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. <laughs> because... So they bump into each other. 
And then later on, she punches Nigel, which in the book is like, that happens first. She punches Nigel and that's how they meet. Like, they're stuck in a corridor t- together and they're like, what yeah. the fuck do we do with this body now? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love how they're looking at each other. I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. You're just one of them. Like, you were, you just did that to accost me. Yeah. yeah. And she's and like, accost you? Well, because <laughs> we should say fuck? he's the most eligible man of the ton right now. And all the females are after him. And he just thinks, oh, my gosh, here's another one. She just tried to get yep. creative. Yep. But, ooh. And then Anthony's like, oh, it's my sister. And he's like, sister? <laughs> <laughs> that changes everything, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> So, and Anthony is like in charge of like being her chaperone, and he Anthony's literally such knows, an ass. Oh, I know he knows all the men, and like I don't know what his deal was. He just didn't think they were good enough, or just didn't want to be there. Obviously, um, he wanted to be with his Sienna. But uh, anyways, yeah, he just turns away all the men and all the suitors because Daphne had so many at the beginning because she's the season's incomparable and she's beautiful. Um, he just turns them away and scares everyone off. So she literally is left with one man, and that is Nigel Burbrook. Burbrook. <laughs> literally the worst man ever. <laughs> that I think that annoyed me the most um, with Anthony uh, driving all the guys away. And then I think in the second episode where he promises... Um, Daphne to Nigel I think that annoyed me so much um, another thing that I yeah. liked was that the mom kind of put him in his place oh I love that yeah, yeah. Violet is the best mom yeah <laughs> period yeah. well um, you know what I have some it, issues with her but I think we'll get into it later on okay oh sure. okay yeah yeah but, um yeah but I think it, Anthony is an ass but you can kind of understand his point like, to him, he's the head of the family. Like, he has all this responsibility on his shoulders and he, he just wants to protect his siblings. And, like, but he's, like, the overprotective type that you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> but also with that, like, that talk with um, Anthony and his mom, it seemed like he didn't want that responsibility. Um, I mean, it's a burden for sure. Yeah. For sure. And it like, as I feel like it's a constant theme in the show. Like he is okay with giving it up to Benedict. And like, it just, it was like a constant thing. And like, I don't know what his deal was. Like, yes, he could have been overprotective, but then he was just like, it was like, he just wanted to get his duty over with and done and like get her married to Nigel and like call it a day. Like he just did not care um, about her happiness until obviously he woke up to it. You know, he woke up to what was happening. But in his defense, though, the reason why he made that deal with Nigel is because his mom just before said that if Edmund was still alive, he would have promised, like, by the time that the situation got this dire for Daphne, he would have promised her to one of his family friends. So I think that's why he did it, because he was like, well, okay, so I need to do that because that's what my father would have done, which for Anthony, his father is like everything. So... You know, he doesn't just do it to be evil. Plus, he doesn't know that Nigel is an ass. <laughs> so, because Daphne doesn't say so. So, I mean, I mean, who's not? Who would want to be married to Nigel? No one. But No one. <laughs> but you would think that he would. I mean, he knows everybody's business, right? He kept yeah. denying each guy because of. Uh, what, was, what, was, what was one of the first ones? He Something about a horse or something like that? Uh, he's like he's a gambler essentially or, yeah and then how 
I don't know. If he knew everybody's business, you would think he would know Burbrook, Bur- whatever the fuck his name is. His Burbrook's. business, right? <laughs> Burbrook. Um, well, I mean, it's a well-hidden secret, I guess. Yeah. Like, Anthony can see the financial means of people just because of the club, like the gentleman club, where... Like, it's when you're in debt, like, usually you don't go there anymore because you're kicked out. So that's a way of knowing who is in need of money. Um, but, like, a child that he's hidden away in the country, like, how would Anthony know about that, you know? And as, like, for his personality, Anthony wouldn't really know about, you know, how awful of a person he is because he didn't really spend time with Nigel. Um, he just knows of him, obviously, through, like, the club and, like, other, like you know by word of mouth he knows that he went to a good university and all that stuff he doesn't really know about his personality because he doesn't really talk to him yeah true so all right and then so then we have the dinner party which oh yes <laughs> which is I great just, so good I love it. so good like simon being all like yeah sure you're always thinking about me i just know it and daphne being all like absolutely not <laughs> And like, I just I love... love their banter. Yeah, their banter was so good. And like, I also love how the mom was keeping tabs on them too. And she's like, she's and having Anthony, her knowing smart. His looks, but like at the other end of the table. Yeah. And he's he looks at Benedict at one point, like do something about this. And then Benedict is like, like yeah. what, like what, what do you want me to do? No. <laughs> but I also thought it was so sad because like. Obviously, like, if you read the book, you knew, like, Simon's past wasn't the greatest. And, like, um, so his facial expressions at that dinner broke my heart because, like, he saw this loving and caring family and, like, you know, the, they're, like, the playing children pranks are on each other. at the table with everyone yeah. else. And he remarked upon that. And, like, yeah. yeah. And, like, you can see, like, how much, like, this shocked him. But, yeah. I Like, I love that family. The Bridgerton family is... Is it great? Ugh, love them. I want. I want to be a part of it. <laughs> I love my own family, but like, if I could be a Bridgerton, I would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, I have very sinful thoughts about Anthony, which makes me think I shouldn't be a, a Bridgerton. Yeah, girl, same. Because that'd be weird. It's crazy that there's eight of them, right? There, yeah, and they're all named alphabetically, which is just. I was talking to someone yesterday, and I was like. What what's what's the what's the third eldest daughter? And I couldn't remember her name, so I went Francesca. A B C D E F. Oh, yeah, Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> I know, I loved it because like my at the end of the show. So basically, um, I'm not gonna say it. But anyways, my sister was like, um, <laughs> wait, so why wh- why are they starting from A? And then I was like, oh, because it's the Bridgerton, like, you know, tradition. You start with, like, naming their kids alphabetically. And then, like, I was naming them, like, naming them all off by, like, heart. And I'm like, whoa, how do, how do I still remember this? But also I watched the show. And you um, guys know I'm so bad with names. So this is amazing for me because it's like, I can't really forget it. <laughs> you can't because they're alphabetical. Like, how are you going to mess that up? Anyways, so then we get the first well second ball scene with like the fireworks oh, and yeah. Daphne in the garden she punches Nigel and then our man silent well, no, let's, running <laughs> let's start with yes he came running thinking that he was gonna play you know yeah. her prince 
in shining armor. Sorry, yeah. her knight in shining armor. Um, and try to save the day. But our girl Daphne has just all like a lot of brothers the fuck out of Nigel and <laughs> punches him, him in the face, knocking him out. Yeah. <laughs> and Simon's like, whoa. Like wow. Yeah. Like she was so great. I loved that scene. Yeah. So here comes the whole trope of the book, which is yes. we are gonna form an arrangement or like we're gonna pretend we have an attachment together so that Simon can get all the mamas off of his um back because he doesn't he's a rake, so he doesn't want to get married. He has no um desire to get married and he wants them off his back so they're gonna pretend to be together so that he can get rid of it because they're gonna see that he's unavailable and Mm -hmm. daphne who because of anthony um has no prospects now (laughs) no he's just scaring everyone off um then everyone's gonna want her now because she's unavailable and that's just how it works right men want what they can't have exactly and that scene when like the music starts and like they start walking and like they start dancing and then like it cuts back and forth between them yes. and the deal and them dancing is just one of my absolute favorites. I love how they did that. I did too. I did too. So beautiful. And like the dance is so beautiful too. Oh, uh, their dance Ugh. and like the fireworks. Like yes. they spent a lot of money on that scene Girl, and the budget. <laughs> right their costumes the fireworks like everything the budget was probably insane but like it paid off that one scene and was like epic. simon saying stare into my eyes we must be yes. appear madly in love I'm just yes like, oh my god simon <laughs> <laughs> i feel like simon whispers a lot and i saw that that was like i saw someone on facebook who was like oh i can't ever understand what he's saying and i'm like girl He's whispering into my ear for eight episodes. I'm like, give me more of this. <laughs> His voice it was so raspy and growly. Hot. I was living. And like when you hear reggae speak in real life, you realize he changes his voice when he's he doesn't sound like that. Exactly. He, really? he's, he has like a higher up voice a little bit, like yes. a more normal voice. But when he's doing Simon, it's like oh. he, he goes into the lower. It was the hot. lower end. Oh, yeah. So when I first heard his voice, I couldn't believe that like he was Simon. Like he sounds so different. As you should you should go watch an interview. Um, yeah. Soon after this, <laughs> after a recording, I'll. He's so uh, cute. He's so charming. Uh, you kind of can't believe that uh, big dick energy is hiding somewhere. <laughs> <Simon>. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, so, what were your thoughts on the first episode? I mean, loved it. I thought it was a really good first episode. I was, like, hooked from the beginning, and it didn't stop. Hence why I binged the show. <laughs> and, I mean, we didn't talk about, like, Marina, which is another oh, right. thing yes. that uh, she's introduced in this episode as well, which is a whole story, which I was really surprised got that much uh, screen time. Screen time, but, yeah. Like, like, surprised in a good way. Yeah. I mean, I... I feel like they didn't spend enough time developing her character for me to be invested in her storyline. Really? But really? Yeah, I like I mean in the first did. episode. I felt for her by yeah. the end. Like, no, oh crying. yeah, by the end. <laughs> I exactly. I was like I wasn't crying, but I felt so like her situation was awful and like there was no way out of it. And like 
anyways we'll talk about it later as like you know things happen for her story but yeah i like at the beginning i didn't really care enough about her um to be invested but then like as the show obviously continued on um that changed because marina is definitely one of those like that's that's one of the things that um is actually just the mention in the books because she's she's sir philip crane's first wife um who sir philip crane is turns out to be eloise's love interest later on apparently people were calling me like not people but like i was talking about it in a group chat and like they were saying that i was spoiling it but i'm like these books have been out for like over 15 years it's not really a spoiler spoiler, who ends up with who come on like go read a book (laughs) plus i mean they might change it i don't want them to but they might no they cannot um so Poor Marina's story does not get any better because it doesn't. I mean, for her to be someone's first wife, it means that she has to die. Sadly, so. that's so sad because, like, like you said, her life's been tough. I, no, but that's so fascinating to me because, like I said, she's just a mention in the book. Yeah, and now makes, we got which helps because you're like, oh, you feel bad for her for sure, but you don't know her. But now we know her. <laughs> I know, but like. I don't, I, it's just, it's so sad because I'm pretty sure, like, her story is still going to be very prevalent and, like, at the forefront in the show yeah. if they continue to do more seasons. Well, maybe um, not so much because she's gone now. She's with Sir Philip Crane. He lives in the country, so. But I still think it'll somehow be in, like, she'll somehow be in it. Like, I, and I think, maybe. like, her death would also be in it as well. Because okay. um, I feel like a it's. a sad death. Like, it is, I mean, it's suicide, so. Aww. stop oh that breaks yeah. my heart even more that's so sad she, i don't even well, know how she died she she has postpartum depression after Aww. giving birth and she Aww. commits suicide it's it's yeah i mean i mean it might not happen honestly i'm rooting for them to give her some kind of happy ending even though like i don't know how she could still be in the picture and yet eloise would get sir philip crane now that they're married that just doesn't make sense so yeah yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they work that one out because ugh. Yeah. So so question. So Sir Philip, the guy, the brother, the one that Marina left with, is in the books. It's the love interest of Eloise. Because um, so Maria Marina in the book is so she's a distant cousin of the Bridgertons and not the Featheringtons, oh. and she marries Sir Philip Crane. I don't think that George Crane is a thing in the book like her 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 loving george i mean george might exist in the book but i don't think i think he she marries philip um but it's not like a love match it's like yeah not married because we need and you can tell like you know at the end of it like it was just him doing his duty like oh yeah but he's so sweet so sweet he's adorable yeah, but in the books, he's like this beefy man. So I don't know what happened there, but you know, that means he's a farmer, sort of. <laughs> okay, now Anyways, I really want to read digression that book. again. I know. Okay, we need to stop. Okay, I just had like one little remark on like that episode, um, and it was like on how Anthony was treating Daphne in the sense of like you know shooing away all of her suitors, um, mm-hmm. and Daphne finally confronts him as they were riding their horses. Um, was it Hyde yes. Park? I don't yeah, know where they're right. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and anyway, she confronts Anthony um, and tells him he would never understand what it is to be a woman. And she also says, if I'm unable to find a husband, then I'm worthless. Yeah. And 
that honestly is heartbreaking but that was the thought and like the mindset of women of that time period and like maybe women in other countries nowadays but yeah like I feel like it's so ingrained in her head that she needs to find a husband or else she has no worth but not just that because I feel like we kind of forget that you yes Anthony has a responsibility to his family but Daphne also has a responsibility to her family in the sense that she's the first to get married. And so who she marries will impact the rest of her sisters after her. her. If she marries well, they have more chances of marrying well as well. If she marries not well, then that will impact everyone else. And so I, Mm -hmm. I, I... There's that too. Like, I don't think that the show spends that much time on that fact, but it certainly weighs on her. Yeah. Um, they do mention it quite a bit in the show yeah. like it is an important thing and i and i feel like that added pressure on her like really really you know pushed her into situations um and sort of related to that like one of the moments that you hate anthony the most in this episode is when he's with sienna and she says every woman is not afforded such gallant protection and he says every woman is not a lady and i'm like <laughs> Oh, that's such an ass move. (laughs) But, like, it's true. And I think that that's also, like, the beginning of an important conversation in the show of, like, you have the ladies, but you have everyone else as well. You know, they, Mm -hmm. too, are living difficult lives. um, Exactly. Sometimes more difficult because they are not protected as ladies. Yeah. And, like, speaking of Sienna, like, she had to do a lot of things. And she literally had to fight to survive most of the time and like obviously anthony doesn't see it that way and it's like yeah his situation with her was pretty interesting not gonna yeah. lie <laughs> yeah and ultimately i loved it even though i'm like yeah your kate protector i'm like kate is the best thing in this series she's anthony's love interest in case you don't know um and so like every time sienna and anthony were together on screen i was like rolling my eyes like why but but (laughs) but they made me care they made me care about her and they made me like them and ultimately i liked how they wrapped that up so we can talk about that when we get there but okay fine i'm happy (laughs) even though i'm still like a fierce kate lover and kate better be a thing in season two she will that's all i'm saying which i think she will yeah yeah um, for me, it was like, as you said, like Kate's his girl. So I just was trying to figure out how this is going to work out. And like, I kind of, we'll talk about it as it goes on, but I ended up liking Sienna's character in the sense where like, she obviously like really, um, she really was like there to, I guess, be a foil to like the Bridgertons and like yeah. the ladies of the ton. Um, but yeah, I think her character was very unique because We've read, we've read a lot of historical romances and, like, obviously the opera singers are usually the mistresses. Um, so I think it was really interesting to get her perspective and, like, her scenes as well, like, with Anthony, but also, like, on her own. And, yeah. like, to see, like, her situation, like, on her own. Um, so I really liked that. And, and that made me... When she up to Anthony, you're, like, cheering her on. You're like, yeah, yeah girl, he's yeah. not the one for you. No. You can be happy on your own without this ass. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's a nice ass yeah it is a nice ass we have to say that <laughs> well, a lot of uh asses of, um from men in this um series season yeah i mean i'm we not complaining we love to see which compl- by the way this is something that i i didn't say in my 
review earlier on, but um, I love how they treat nudity in the show and like how the sex scenes are done and how you see very little of the women, but a lot yeah. of the men. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. in the sense that it's not done in a way that you think, oh, okay, so they're hiding the women. To me, it felt very respectful and like saying like there are boundaries and we don't need to be putting the women on display just for the sake of getting the ratings up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it is not about that. And I I freaking love that because, you know what I mean? It's too often in mainstream media, they just put boobs everywhere just because, yeah. why not? Let's use women as a device for sexiness. But this time, Ugh. yeah, it was the men. Which, again, like, I remember during their, their shagging episode, like, I remarked that, oh, my gosh, like, we haven't really seen, like, Daphne, boobs. like, at all. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, it happened, like, once or twice, sure, but, like... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're not hiding it. They're just not overly putting it on show for the sake of it. Exactly. Which I really, really appreciated. I loved it. I loved their, like, their sex scenes were done really well. Yeah. And and I'm saying that because it's true for Sienna, too. Which she's not treated any less respectfully than Daphne, who's a lady. Like, both of them are treated equally in that sense. Yeah. Um, So, episode two. Shock (laughs) and delight. (laughs) Okay, well, this one starts off quite differently. We finally get um, Simon's perspective in a way. Um, We get a flashback to Simon's birth. um, And we see how awful his dad was, only caring about having an heir um, to the Hastings line. um, And his wife died in childbirth, and he really didn't care. He was just excited that he finally had a son. Um, And lo and behold, his son apparently wasn't as perfect as he wanted. Um, because poor baby Simon didn't speak much, and when he did, he had a little stammer, um, and his father was disgusting, and was so disappointed, and, like, literally didn't care if he survived or not, um, and Lainey Danbury, who has been pretty prominent in the first episode, um, was friends with his mother, um, and took him in and raised him to be who he is now, um, but yeah, his father was awful, but baby Simon was so cute. Yeah. Lady Danbury for president. That's all I'm saying. Right? Like, is she is she as likable in the series as she's the best in this in the book series? She's yeah. she's way older in the book series. She's like this grumpy old lady that's like meddlesome <laughs> as fuck. But you just love her anyway. Like she's awful and so direct with what she says, but like. In the best way. But I think she's still very close to Simon in the books, if I remember correctly. So that's, like, true. She, she, I think she did raise him in the books as well. Or, like, he spent summers at her house. Aww. And when she talked to uh, Simon and, like, told him, like, you know, like, she'll help him overcome it. And, like, I don't I cried. I teared up. I couldn't. Like, it was so sweet and so heart-touching. Because he never really had anyone on his side before and, like, never had anyone, like, champion him and fight for him like she did. And, like, yeah, it was just so, so cute. Like, their relationship was so cute, even from the beginning of the show. Like, when, when, like we didn't know their backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, all those flashbacks are actually the prologue of the book. So, I fully expected them to open the series that way the TV series that way, and they didn't. And I actually like that they didn't, because the thing is, this is about Daphne, not Simon. 
And so it made sense to me that I mean, <clears throat> episode two was very Simon focused, which, yeah. which I, I'm I'm fine with. But I liked how they decided to ultimately start with the Bridgerton family and show Daphne, yeah, and then work their way into Simon because actually that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, we continue with the story with Daphne and Simon, and they're trying to figure out their, their plans for their roost, and, and how many dances and balls are gonna go to, and, like, how many appearances they're gonna make, and all the while, they're still bantering and flirting about, <laughs> and, uh, um, they end up going to the garden party, and, um, Nigel Some Burbrook. Kind of picnic, yeah. Yeah, like a picnic. Um, he ends up going to the garden party and like obviously he feels like he's slighted um and he decides to out the situation in a way um and says he would ruin daphne um if well, she also doesn't... because simon beat the shit out of him uh, which yeah. we did not mention but simon we really didn't <laughs> <laughs> because he was protecting daphne because Nigel yeah said some really awful things about her yeah um, yeah um, but yeah, um, he did say some pretty nasty things and Simon beat the shit out of him, like you said. Um, and he's fuming mad when he gets to this picnic party. Um, and yeah, she has no choice to, but to agree to marry him because, um, she can't be seen as ruined in the eyes of society. Um, but our great Violet Bridgerton, um, has his mother over, so not Nigel's mother over, um, because she knew the maids <laughs> would speak about everything. Um, and so they found out that he had a child out of wedlock and made it known to Lady Whistledown, who outs him and he disappears. Yep. Um, yeah. I love the scene with Nigel's mother. <laughs> uh, she was so disgusting. <laughs> She's so funny, <laughs> but like, so off. Like talking about him as if he's the greatest specimen this earth oh has ever known, and, you're just and then like, Daphne is oh. like, "Bitch, where?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that was an amazing scene. Um, yeah, a great addition for sure to the story. Um, but if we go back to um, the flashbacks, which is the the I just want to talk briefly about the last flashback of Simon. Which oh, is yeah. when he's much older and his father is dying, he's on his deathbed, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Simon comes in and this is like where for him everything starts. Um, yeah. He makes a vow to his father that uh, because obviously his father, his only thing was to have an heir. He just wanted the line to continue, the title to pass down to his son. But mm-hmm. his son was at one point dead to him. Um, yeah. And so Simon comes back and he vows to his father that he will never marry and never have children because to him, that's his greatest revenge is to not give his father what he um, wanted. Yes. Yeah. And he says the line when he says, speak, you fucking monster, Uh, is just so great because that's what his father said to him. He was like, speak. And, like, now it's Simon and his father can't answer because he's, like, half dead. <laughs> oh, I just, how he delivers that line, I was, like, oh, kind of scared, kind of horny. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh, that's accurate. 
Um, but yeah, so, no, yeah. that scene was done really well, and like, yeah. he acted, uh, Reggae really acted that scene amazingly. It's very dark and ominous. Um, yeah. Yeah, the flashbacks were so d- sad though, and like even when he came as like, I don't know, a child of like maybe ten or eleven, and he came to see his dad again, and like, at this point he's like started speaking in full sentences and like his words have been become clearer but he still has trouble speaking um his father like didn't even care one lick like he did not care at all about this poor child who's been like been sending him letters throughout like his childhood throughout all the years i don't know how many letters he sent his father his father left them in the drawer unopened and did not care like that one i think made me tear up a lot more than the first one and it just like it's just so sad like this poor kid is still trying to have a relationship with this man who literally does not care at all and like it's just so sad to me i even like the choice of making the flashbacks like colorless in a way like darkish blue yeah. And I mean, obviously, the, the point was just to show you it's in the past. But I, I, I actually love it because those flashbacks are obviously from Simon's perspective, which the rest of the show is in Daphne's perspective. And so yes. Daphne's perspective yes. is all colorful. And, you know, to, to me, what it conveyed, that choice of color, was that Simon's life was very bare of colors. Like, it's yeah. just, it's so sad and dark. And, like, he doesn't really... I don't know. Joy is just not a part of it. And I, and so for that reason, I like the fact that it's so colorless in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also get the scene between Eloise and Daphne. And yes. it breaks my heart when da- Eloise says, it must feel so exhausting. This game of pretend you feel you must endlessly man- maintain. Tell and me, I, I have like, that one ready to speak about too. Ugh. How she says that, and, like, Daphne is so shocked because she's really not expecting it. Like, for Eloise to see right through it. And I'm just like, oh, God. But, yeah, Eloise really hit it on the nose with that one. She has a lot of lines in this show that I'm like, oof, Eloise. (laughs) That's a little harsh. (laughs) She's really wise for being so young. I mean, she she definitely wants more for herself. She's convinced Mm -hmm. that she, you know, is meant for more in life. And... Mm -hmm. Anything else happens in episode two you want to talk about? They this is this is the episode where they um where they say their names to each other. Like oh, Connie yes, Simon. That's right. How do we <laughs> how do we I miss that? That, that is right. The yeah. the famous trope of we finally choose to uh drop the uh honorifics. The, yes, the honorifics and we're yeah. finally calling each other by our names. And Ugh. let me tell you that is my favorite trope in historical rom- romances when they start saying, you know, their given name. I love it. I loved it. I remember squealing so hard. Yeah. And they always <laughs> make it seem like it's the hottest fucking thing ever. Like, just I know. him saying Daphne, she's all shocked and horny. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if he was saying her name, I think he would feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you know how they have like the they show everybody's ass and you see like a little bit of like the girl's tits and everything. But the little things where they say each other's name, the little touches like that 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 to me is just like I don't know. This like I the think sexual they tension they show and... intimacy very well in the show. Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't yeah. pale in comparison to like ass out titties out. Like it's it's just as. <laughs> 
just as powerful of just them saying each other's name and then later on when they stop saying each other's names because they're angry at each other my heart hurts when they stop oh, calling yeah. my, calling them yeah. by their names and like even i don't remember which episode it is but like at some point he purposefully calls her miss bridgerton and she's yes. like stop calling me that because it's hurting i know her. Yeah. i know it was like it was hurting me too i was like nah this this is not okay her name is daphne call her that um yeah but yeah i think that's episode four I, it might be yeah no it's much later it's like after the whole thing no is it what? before i don't know anyways no it's it's actually episode three. Oh, okay yeah definitely. so episode three the art of the swoon (laughs) (laughs) that episode had a few things coming that i was not anticipating nor was i ready for them and i'm very grateful that they (laughs) were there (laughs) i know what scene you're talking about what happens (laughs) um well they continue their ruse um they continue to play their game of courtship while daphne has a lot more men um coming to the door um and then um was this the episode um that everyone finds out that you know someone's with child and like the girls try to figure out how does one become with Mm -hmm. child um and (laughs) um and it was very it was funny but also had a deeper uh context that you know um kind of made me a bit worried um you know the women are very uninformed in how procreation happens um yeah. and poor Extremely Eloise barges in for him. Yeah. And like her brothers just laugh at her because obviously it's like they know how it happens, but like and her mother is like literally probably gonna be like, Bring me my smelling salts Um, because it's not really a topic you discuss in public, um, or at all in terms of like the London Tun. Simon and Daphne are in a the a, a garden, you know, on their stroll as a a courtship, you know, as one does. Um and what does she ask Simon, guys? Well, uh, w- before we get there, because oh, it's fine. a little bit later on in, on, like, in the episode. First off, I feel like a lot happens in episode three, actually. Um, yeah. First off, one of my favorite scenes of the whole show, and I feel like it's a really underrated scene between them, okay. is the the first ball where the, the Prince of Prussia first arrives. Oh, and yeah. He walks in and, like, they're, Daphne and, and Simon are joking around about this, like, fictional textbook that they're writing. Mm-hmm. And Simon says, like, oh, so he'll say, like, her dress is exquisite. Yeah. And, and then the, the prince is introduced to Daphne and the first thing he says is that her dress is exquisite. <laughs> and Daphne snorts. Yeah. And I just love that scene and then they're talking together afterwards and, and Simon is like how can someone produce such a horrible sound <laughs> and I just love it so much because it really shows how they're slowly growing closer not yeah. like necessarily as lovers at that point but as yeah. friends like they're really at ease with each other and having fun and I'm just like this is everything I wanted to see like I feel like this is the part in romance adaptations oftentimes that they skip over like the we're actually kind of friends as well like we just have fun together yeah and it's there's nothing sexual about it there's nothing like it's just fun and i love it yeah and like that was one of the first moments where they became like comfortable with one another and like Mm -hmm. we actually as viewers got to see it because i feel like like you said like i feel like everything was very much like 
robust and proper or like, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but like it was our first moment where we got to see them like that. And yeah, yeah I like that and, scene and was Daphne so cute. Is, like less perfect, right? Like she, exactly. she does the, the not good thing of snorting in front of the queen. <laughs> yeah, like that was like her one instance where like her facade, her her mask kind of like disappeared for a second. But and... you also kind of see that like that she's always like that around Simon. You know, it's around yeah. everyone else that she's not like that. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. Anything to say, us About their relationship and how they were building no, us friends? Scene. That scene. Oh, about that scene? Oh, I loved it. I'm telling you, this whole show is really good. I love that scene. <laughs> She's like, um, I loved it all. Every I loved it all. <laughs> I, well, for real. <laughs> yeah. But, and like, it's in that scene that one of my favorite songs from the original score plays when it's like she starts dancing with all the different gentlemen and like you can yeah. just see Simon being all jealous in the background. And I love the song that plays. Absolutely love it. Was um, this the one where they where they dance as well and they're kind of like hopping? Like, and like, yeah, they're like, like a really big they're smile smiling so face. much yeah. together. Yeah. I love it. But that's before. That's before. The, the song comes on after that. Like, it's after they've joked and stuff because they dance before that. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So then moving from that happens the hand scene in the gallery. Oh, how did I forget that? Yeah, that comes yeah. first. That comes before the whole uh, thing that we're going to talk about later on. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to this gallery thing for, I don't, I, don't, I didn't, like, was it like a auction or something? Like, um, I wasn't wasn't sure. it um, Lord Granville's, like, exhibit or something oh, from his paintings? Oh, that's right. Yes, no, it is. You're right. Yeah. And anyway, Simon brooding uh historical hero that he is um Ooh. just walks away because he's just can't handle the crowd yeah and um he's like in this room alone and uh, daphne comes in because she sees him oh, i love how you see that she's talking to the prince yeah and in the background in the doorway you just see uh simon walk by that's it you just see him and her like whole gaze changes and she's yeah. like well <laughs> that's where she, i like, want to go in on yeah. simon yeah, and he just walks by. I just love how it, like you would miss that if you don't if you're not looking. Yeah. yeah. Um anyway, so she's like, "Okay, go by. I don't want to talk to you. I got to <laughs> go talk to my boo." Um yep. so she does, and then they're looking at this um painting that was Simon's it's like his mother's favorite painting mm-hmm. um that he gifted for the exhibition, I guess. Yeah. And and she's like explaining what she, like she sees in the painting because he's like I never understood why this was my mother's favorite mm-hmm. painting, and it's just this super cute moment and like their facial expressions are just perfect. They're saying so much with so little, and like and, the way she describes the painting and like yeah. all of it, all of it. And, and then what happens? Their hands slowly start creeping <laughs> closer and closer to each other, and then they touch. And I'm like, it is the softest, most intimate thing. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like extremely erotic. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, I felt the that way more that than their hands touch. Like they're kind of caressing each other's hands yeah. a little bit. And I gotta say, there's something about a period drama hand touch scene that yes. always gets to me. Every yeah. single time, the first hand touch always gets to me. Yeah, and this is why I really think that the people that produced this knew what they were doing like mm-hmm. they've, they've seen the period dramas they know that the mm-hmm. hand thing is a whole thing 
period dramas. And they were like, we got to have that. Yeah. yeah. And they did it. And it was great. And it stands apart from every other hand touch. And it's just, oh, the way they hold on a little bit. And then like yeah. it just focuses on their faces. And like he's all like broody and internal and she's all like scared and like ooh this is new and like <laughs> forbidden and and then and, like she's breathing a, hard and like yeah and then there's a crash oh. and you just see Simon taking his hand away and I'm just like oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my shit <laughs> and then then we get the famous scene the infamous <laughs> infamous scene that I was not expecting <laughs> okay I needed to get to it which is why I brought it up <laughs> Yes. So take it take it from here. Uh, so what did she ask Simon? And then I'll lead in. Um, so our girl Daphne is like aware that she doesn't know much about anything. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's like, what am I supposed to be looking at in suitors? Like, sh- certainly there like surely there must be more to marriage than this like how do people love each other or whatnot like how how does a marriage work and because they're talking about it and simon is all like oh a marriage is like a battlefield which is like (laughs) okay (laughs) um and then simon says "Ah, okay okay so basically he's he's like um it's kind of like you know when you touch yourself (laughs) well i mean first he's like well, it's a continuation of what hap- what happens at night. And Daphne yeah. is all confused. Oh, yes. <laughs> She's like, when I sleep? And he's like, <laughs> so what do you mean when you sleep? Like, I love how he goes from confused. Because he's like, how do you not understand what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. To you see, like, his rakish ways slowly creeping in. And he's like, oh, yeah. this is an opportunity I am going to take. Yes. <laughs> and he tells her how to touch herself and i was on the floor dead breathing hard <laughs> can we talk about the fact that he that scene finishes with him saying come, come yeah. no and that was obviously on purpose like he was telling her it to was. come with him but we know he obviously meant it it should help you come i was like simon baby i'm trying okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was yeah that whole scene was just whoa i couldn't handle i, I really couldn't I'm, handle it i'm not gonna lie i rewinded it a couple of times <laughs> well i couldn't i was watching with my mom and my sister and my dad actually my dad was not here yet i just ugh, the way he says like between your legs and then when you find a feeling that feels good carry on with that yeah. i was just like mm. and then you reach a pinnacle Oh, Simon. <laughs> Simon. Oh, Simon. And then our girl, Daphne, um, takes it to heart. And she's like, all right, I'm going to try this out. And so she and, does. And uh, she does. <laughs> and to be honest, that scene is also very respectful in how it's done. It's yes. not like, it's not, it's not like lurid in any way it's really Mm -hmm. just her discovering this like what masturbation is essentially and like yeah and and i i like that it's there because like you never see that ever in stories no i mean like okay in the shape of water um by guillermo del toro that movie it did start off with like a scene of a woman masturbating that is a female that's a female gaze movie as well exactly 
Yeah, and I guess like it, it's only ever apparent in a female gaze geared film. And um, yeah, so that was one instance. But yeah, in this one, it was it was different because like you said, it wasn't really focusing on making it sexy or like anything like that. I think it was more like of her own discovery of her own body. Like she that's her body and she hasn't really done anything with it. Um, So, yeah, I think it was done really well. It was very respectful, and I, I, I appreciate that. Um, it's not ridiculed or anything. Yeah, um, exactly. And he was very, like, when he found out, he could have laughed, you know, that she yeah. didn't really know anything about it. Like, she didn't know how to, you know, pleasure herself. But, no, he t- he taught her how to do it, obviously, like, you know, for himself. Yeah. Um, because he wanted, <laughs> he wanted to have that pleasure of knowing that she was going to do it because he told her how to. Um, mm-hmm. But also, yeah, he was respectful of her. And then, and then the next scene is is the mother saying, "You finished. How lovely!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the play on words in this episode. It's yeah. just perfection. <laughs> I remember I was drinking water, and as soon as Violet said that, I like I literally choked on it. Because <laughs> obviously, poor poor Violet is talking about the song that she was um, creating, the piano yeah. song, but yeah. Um, our girl Daphne did finish, so she good did. for her. I know. <laughs> she reached the pinnacle. She did. Um, but then, unfortunately, uh, she meets with Mr. Simon again, and this time around, he's like, never mind. You and I, it's over. Okay, so basically what happens was um, Lady Danbury, um, she chastises him um, in the carriage ride, and mm-hmm. she tells him that you need to figure out what you're doing with Daphne because if you make her lose her like a prince, which is the uh, the best choice that she yeah. could possibly have, um, obviously like he is the best choice. He's a prince of a country. Um, he needs to decide what he's doing, and so he decides to pull away. And how he does that is just being really cold to her. Their next meeting. Um, and he hurts her and says that they were never friends. And he, as you said, called her Miss Bridgerton and that the ruse was no longer needed because she had so many suitors. And like, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Like that scene was it so really sad. Was. Yeah. He was he so left it there cold on the sidewalk. all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and so Daphne goes home. She's crying, obviously, because, like, she really thought something was developing here. But, like, you yeah. really get why Simon Simon did it. And, like, at the end of the day, he did it because he was in love. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't have this girl, and I love her enough that I'm going to let her go. Yeah, because I so can't give can her what he knows what she wants. Yeah, so Daphne gets herself together, mm-hmm. and she's like, all right, he doesn't want me. That's fine. I got a job to do. I got to find myself a suitor, and so I will. And um, I think this is where there's a scene where Rose, her uh, maid, says, like, you look perfect. And Daphne says, great, this is what they want. Yeah. And I'm like, again, like, it's sort of like every, like, there's a couple, like, little exchanges that build towards this idea of, like, her always needing to be perfect and Mm -hmm. uh, pretending to be something that she's not. And isn't it in that episode, too, that she's talking to... Uh, Violet about it or is it episode four? No, no, I think that's the next episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, that one so... she just like prettys herself up and like 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 you said, um, she looks perfect. Um, and yeah, but but she does go to a ball. She does with 
the uh isn't it that that scene oh, i love her dress yeah when scene. she walks and down the stairs and like everyone's eyes go to her i love the music that plays yeah. and she's all like cockatish cockatish is that the word like yeah. she's all like with her that, fan <laughs> yes and she's like dropping it and ugh. And then the way she dances with the prince in that scene, I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, oh, and then we have Simon in the background and he looks so he angry is. and so jealous. Yeah. And he just leaves. And you see Penelope. You see Penelope look at him as he's leaving. And I'm yes. Like, Our girl saw everything. <laughs> she did. <laughs> and so I found like this, um, this picture of, um, it just talks about like fit fan flirtations and mm. dropping the fan means we will be friends so like she dropped that fan like i guess like to show her interest in like the prince or whatever and like i love that there's like a full language i'm just saying there was nothing friendly about that gesture in the show it felt very seductive yeah and simon saw it and <laughs> he was not happy and i just have to say the jealous simon is is hot that Simon works on me very well. <laughs> <laughs> so Daphne has moved on. Daphne has moved on from well, I mean, apparently moved on from Simon. We all know that she didn't, but yeah. um and this is what leads into episode four. Um, but what were what were your thoughts on this episode? Episode three was pretty heavy. I loved it. I mean <laughs> I feel like this is just repetitive. I love everything. <laughs> For me, like, one thing that really striked me was, like, the problem of uninformed women. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. I, I I, was actually lurking online and I gathered a couple um, things that people have said that I just thought was really interesting. And one of them was um, the repression of women yeah. through sexual ignorance. Like, how yeah. they are not told anything and this is a major issue. And I do think that, I mean, we can talk about it later on, but I do think it plays into why would Daphne know what con consent is? You yeah. know, especially in that time where, sure, rape was a thing back then, but yeah. between married people, rape, I don't think, was um, acknowledged as a thing. Yeah. When you're no, married, yeah. you're married. And a man can just walk in and say, hey, wife, I want sex. And if even if wife doesn't want it, it happens. So yeah, because she it is believed that she is the property of her husband. Um but no, I like I was talking more in like in terms of when Eloise and Penelope and everyone was trying to figure out like how does mm. one get pregnant. Um oh, the Featherington bad, yeah. mother was like, Oh yeah, um, you could catch it, so don't get close to Marina <laughs> or yeah. Marina saying, Oh, it was by cakes or like just like things like that, like just like the lies they were told. And yeah. like Sadly, yes, they were naive enough to believe certain things, but I just think it's so sad. Like, it caused so many issues for women and even the women that we see in the show. And, like, so many fears are brought up and, like, even, like, I don't know, it just feeds their innocence. And it's just, like, mm -hmm. it's so sad. But it's, like, a lot of these issues could have been solved if they were educated enough. Yeah, and, like, Eloise is so scared of marriage and babies and in part because i mean the show makes it sound like it's in part because she heard what her mother went through yes with hyacinth yeah um but i also think like eloise is so hungry for information and she's not getting it and so obviously everything that's unknown is scary 
Yeah. And they know that they're being lied to because um, Penelope is told, like, oh, it's love that did it. And then they're like, well, that doesn't make sense because your mom doesn't like your dad. And yet Mm -hmm. they have three children or four, actually. Yeah. So they know they're being lied to. And so how do you navigate a world that's lying to you? Also keeping you ignorant and you don't know shit about anything. It's just perpetuating this idea that you must fear the marriage bed, in my opinion, which is awful. Awful. And that and that ignorance is fine, that you should be kept ignorant, that like you should expect to be kept ignorant, which I think is a huge part of Daphne's journey and a huge part of her problem is that she really thought Simon wasn't doing that with her, and yet he was. So I think it's, like, the whole idea of, like, repression of women is because they don't want the women of the time to be promiscuous. They want them to be virgins because, you know, in that time, it's considered bad for you not to be a virgin, you know? Like, it's considered, obviously, like, you need to be a virgin for your husband despite your husband obviously not being a virgin for you. Um, So it's just that whole idea of, like, ownership and, like, wanting them to be repressed because, you know, it means they can control them. Sadly, a lot of our... All the women in this story have been uh, repressed in some way. Yeah, uh, and and the women that have freed themselves from it are fallen women, or you know, known as fallen women, and they are repressed in other ways. So exactly. <laughs> so do we go into episode four? Yeah, I'm ready. So episode four is called "An Affair of Honor," which is the episode of the ruination. Oh, virtue. Yeah. We start off with Daphne very much, um, you know, being courted by the prince of Prussia. And um, obviously, Simon um, is watching from a distance. He sees they're not talking at the moment. Daphne and Simon are not talking. Um, so he sees um, Daphne with this prince and um, his friend, Will Mondrich. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Um, he's a boxer. Um sees through it all and like he knows that Simon actually cares for uh Daphne and we see that quite often with their talks that they have um but he also has a fight coming up Mondrich and um Daphne I was shocked about this was allowed to go to the fight with Anthony um and she meets the prince there and then they watch the the fight together and Simon gets jealous um, but still does nothing because obviously he knows that he can't be with her because you know, of his own vows the arms. <laughs> oh, I'm like, this yeah, is I know. I was going to to that, but the arms. A girl when... thing. <laughs> Daphne might have been sitting with the prince, but she was with someone else. Her face. <laughs> she sees this arm. <laughs> She's like all uncomfortable all of a sudden. Like, whoop, this is doing things to me. Because his arms are just there. They are just there. Like, this man lifts up his sleeves and expects Daphne and all the other women, you know, meaning me, um, to not do anything about it. But I just love how self-aware that is because we're always like, ooh, like a man that rolls up his sleeves is just so Mm -hmm. hot. And, like, they had to put that in. And I'm just like, this is, this is, this is it. This is exactly it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it was great. Um. Anyways, so Simon's jealous still, and I love to see it. 
Um, and then at Anthony um, decides to tell Daphne, um, well, the prince actually talks to Anthony first and tells the prince that he wants to propose to Daphne. And then Daphne is made aware by Anthony um, that he plans to propose to her. Um, and her reaction isn't what I think everyone thought it was going to be. You know, you thought she was going to be excited. Her mom really thought that she was, you know, for it until she actually sees her daughter's reaction to the idea of being proposed by the prince. And then that's when her mom kind of kicks in and like she picks up that maybe that isn't what she wants and um, goes to speak with her. And then this is the scene you were talking about, Marge. Oh, and she she says that it was all a ruse. Yeah. And she finally um, tells her mother that they're the whole courtship and attachment she had with the Duke was just a ruse. And, um, yeah, her mom sees through that though. I like, I think she saw through it. Like she realized Daphne I think, was, I think Violet had clued in before then. I think Violet from the day one was all team Simon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she was team Simon from the beginning for herself, but I think that's when she kind of clicked in that, wait, Daphne is actually in love with Simon. Can we just talk about how the episode begins with the prince giving her the necklace, but she's imagining yes. imagining it's Simon? Yeah. I was shaken. <laughs> I was curious about that scene because um, they released the still a while ago, like way before, yeah. I think, the trailer. And um, I was curious. I was like, how is Simon there and he's not reacting? And then, like, obviously we know Simon was only there in, like, her imagination. And I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. And yeah. What did you think then of the conversation between her and Violet? I thought it was an important one to have. Because like, I think as viewers, like we obviously heard that like Violet and her husband had a great relationship. They were in love. But I feel like Daphne and like her mother, like I feel like that was their one instance where... I don't know. I just felt like it was an important talk to have and like Daphne needed to tell her mother the truth of like what was going on and like what was going on between her and Simon. And like I think Violet was able to pick up on like what her daughter was going through. And I think it really shows how good of a relationship she has with her daughter. You know? Yeah. But I, I really it's liked. just such an emotional scene like how Violet is all shocked that it was quote unquote fake <laughs> yeah. even though it wasn't but it, it wasn't was. we know it wasn't Violet knew it wasn't <laughs> yeah um I just love how they act that scene it's it's very good all right and then we get to the ruination of all ruinations in the garden yes okay actually so Simon is about to leave because he's like Clearly, there's nothing left here for me, and if I stay, I'm just gonna keep on simping over Daphne, so I better leave. <laughs> and, yes. um, but just before he does so, he finds the painting that sh- they were talking about. And here's my question for you guys Yes. Was it really him that requested it was brought back to his house? Or do you think it was Daphne? Because it was kind of confusing to me, because he, he seems he... confused himself. <laughs> I think he did, but then I kind of got the. Maybe Lady Danbury? Oh. You don't think she kind of had a oh. hand in it? Well, perhaps. For that, uh, Could I don't be. know. She's definitely metal some, so. She, she is. 
She I was thinking that. maybe it could have been him, but like that was obviously when he was like the, like the height of his relationship with Daphne and like his feelings for her. So like he's been in a pretty dark spot since you know he kind of broke away from her. So maybe he just forgot um, that he had asked for the painting yeah. to be returned. Um, either way, seeing that makes him remember what happened and how great Daphne is and how much he loves her. And so what he does is he goes to the ball that she's at to talk to her. Well, supposedly was to say goodbye. We all knew that. Man oh, was we know. Leave. He was never saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Daphne is about to get proposed to by the prince and she freaks out. Because she knows it's not what she wants. And she yeah. runs into the garden. And our boy Simon is obviously there. And yeah. they have this argument, which I love. First, like, first they have this argument before the ruination yeah. that happens. And yeah. I love how she says, I'm going to be a princess. Like, she <laughs> says it so angrily. Because... She doesn't want to be, but she's like, God damn it, I'm going to be a princess. Why is this not what I want? You know, yeah. like that's what you feel yeah. in her delivery. And mm-hmm. I think Simon's like, she's like, why aren't you? So this is the thing. So Simon's um, speech impediment actually doesn't appear that much in the series. Um, but in this moment, when she says, do you are you really not going to say anything? Like, don't, don't you? You're just going to stay quiet. I think he's struggling with it. I think he actually yeah. can't get the words out in that scene. I think so too. And it breaks my heart because she doesn't know. Yeah. She, she doesn't know. Just, he doesn't. <sighs> my heart. And you can yeah. see him. He's like struggling. He's like. Like you, <sighs> you see his throat move and like his mouth is like trying to form words. Like you see it and like you know. And like, yeah. like you said, Daphne doesn't know. Yeah. But so yeah. she runs away. She's all angry. And he's running after her, and he's like, Daphne! <laughs> or does he say Mr. Miss Miss Bridgerton? Miss Bridgerton. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a kiss. <laughs> it wasn't just a kiss. He literally mauled her mouth. Well, okay. Then, like, Here's the thing. First, he kisses her, and it's like kind of a chaste kiss. It's like, it's not, you know, it's, it's a kiss. N- nothing yeah. more than that. And yeah. then they look at each other and he's like, I'm so sorry. And she kisses him. And that's when <laughs> things just unravel. And then there's a weird cut, which I don't like because they start kissing and then there's a weird cut and he's kissing her neck, which I'm like, can I get the whole thing, please? Like, from And grabbing her boobies. <laughs> he, like, he is grabbing her, lifting up her skirt. Yeah. You see some boob grabbing. It is... It gets it's hot. See, this is what we mean. Things happen in the garden. Gardens only. are not safe. Gardens are not safe <laughs> for many people in this series. Gardens are never safe. Um, and historical ro- romances in general, like this genre, gardens are never safe. Never. Um, so what did you guys think of this um, first kiss between our leads? Because it's a very important scene. <laughs> Obviously. I thought it was hot. I think this was one of my my screaming moments. My little my awe moments. Yeah, yeah. it was really hot. Yeah, yeah, it was so hot. Although like for our first kiss, I was like, "Wow!" Um, but I loved it. I think it was just like their pent up 
tension you know like from the first moment they met their sexual tension was insane their chemistry very crazy good. so like yeah. i just felt like it was building up building up building up and then finally they kissed and you know you couldn't hold it in <laughs> i mean he's a very hungry man you can tell like he's just <laughs> it doesn't take him much to uh take it there you know what i mean I mean, um, and then Daphne has been lusting after him from, like, you oh, know, yeah, the beginning. She even had dreams about him. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I love that she's the yeah. one who initiates the second kiss. Like, he, he, he does it at first, and then he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, well, actually, I want more. So give me some of that. Um, and then who finds them? Anthony. Asshole. <laughs> Hey, and he he comes running. He punches Simon. He's like, "How dare you? You're gonna marry her." And Simon is like, "I'm gonna choose death. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not marrying. That's that ain't me." Yeah. And oh, um, Daphne's reaction when he says that, when like she's like, "You would rather do this die. than marry yeah. me?" Yeah. Really? You just really feel for her because you. Like, we as viewers, we understand the, the the perspective of both because we know why Simon is like this and we know why Daphne wouldn't understand that because no one told her. Yeah. Um, so it's just heartbreaking on both sides because you're like, I get why Simon is just can't say yes. <sighs> so. And then what happens? Duel happens. A duel that we read all the time. Finally, we get to see one. I just love that they're illegal and yet they're s- they happen they're a lot. They're still doing it. <laughs> but this is like probably the most famous duel I would think. I don't think that the- any other duel is this. Yeah, I would say it's the one I remember the most. Yeah, in historical romances. Yeah. So that happens, and yeah. obviously Daphne hears about it, and then she realizes that Cressida saw them mm-hmm. apparently she's seen them in the garden and so Cressida is going to spread the rumors and so Daphne is like well even if Simon were, were to die <laughs> in this duel yeah. then I would still be ruined <laughs> exactly so, she's like, so it wasn't that. just about Simon now it was also about her yeah so she's yeah. like fuck that I'm gonna <laughs> go so she rides there and and it's all epic like the music oh, and the like the music and like how sh- how anthony is like shaking like how angry he is in his eyes yeah. but also like how he doesn't want to kill his friend but like he's he like essentially i'm pretty sure that the doctor what the doctor says because benedict is like how where can he shoot so that he won't kill his opponent and the yeah. doctor is something like there's no way you could do that or something like that like you're yeah. gonna hit something that will kill him what kills um, me is like they even like paid off a doctor. <laughs> like I always just, like they have to have seconds and a doctor. No, which... I know, I know, but I I just thought it was really interesting. Like um, they knew, like they know it's dangerous and like they know it's illegal, but like let's yeah. let's still do it. Yeah. And so Daphne comes and Anthony shoots and he shoots in Daphne's direction because obviously he didn't know she was going to be there because Daphne puts herself between them. And she falls off her horse and then everyone comes running and like Simon is like, are you okay? Tell me you're okay. And I'm like dying on the floor. And she's like, I'm fine, you idiots. (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, they talk. Her and Daph, uh, her and and Simon talk. Yeah, and she's like, "Do you really think so low of of me that you would rather die than that that you would rather impose a scandal on on me and ruin me than marry me?" And mm-hmm. he's like, "It's because I hold you in such high regards that I do that." And she's like, "Yeah." And then he explains that he can't have children. Exactly. Emphasis on can't. And yes. <laughs> she's like, at that point, she's like, well, I have no choice. And so. Yeah. Um, and also, it should be known that, like, Daphne has always wanted a big family. And Simon, know, like, knew of this. And he knew that, you know, she wanted a family that rivaled her own. She wanted a big family. Um, So she had to obviously make the choice of having that or being ruined in society. And obviously, she chose to marry Simon knowing that they won't have any children. Yeah. And so she says, there will be no duel. We will marry Yes. And that is the big cliffhanger of episode four, which <laughs> when I watched it the first time, that is the episode it ended on because it was 4 a.m. And I was like, I got to go to bed. <laughs> and that's when you message in the group? Yeah. And that was, that, that was the cliffhanger of episode four. And I was like, how am I supposed to stop here? But I did. But like. You did? I did. You didn't even start episode five? No, I didn't start it. I was just... But what I did do, however, is in the morning when I went to listen to, like, watch episode five, I went back and watched the whole duel again. (laughs) Because I was like, this is... The intensity here is too good. (laughs) Yeah. I remember. So my sister, me, and my mom, we were just like, okay, we're going to watch two episodes because um, my sister had to go out and then we had to watch, like, a Turkish show. And then we're like, yeah, just two episodes, that's it. And tell me how we finished all of them. Because we couldn't just stop. We couldn't stop watching after episode four. And then started episode five and you're like, oh, shit, like, this is getting real. And then, like, you just kept continuing. It was, like, that addictive. So I don't understand how you stopped watching. Girl. (laughs) I mean, I I guess we had to get a few hours I was like, I can't go on and not sleep tonight. But this show is crack. It is crack. It was. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm interested to see your your perspective on this S because did you don't know really you didn't know really the story right? No. So were you mm. expecting anything like this? Like were you expecting no. them to have to get married like halfway through the the series like the, the first season? I expected them to get married, but I didn't think it was because of this whole issue like with the dad and then her him saying that he can't have kids and not yeah. really elaborating on. When he said can't have kids, what did you interpret? Oh no, you already knew you saw the dad, right? Mm-hmm. And what his so I understood. Was. I understood his issue with the dad, but I also was a little mad because why didn't he elaborate? He could have elaborated, and but I understand that he didn't want to go into the details with his past and the dad. He could have been honest. Is the thing here? Yeah. yeah. He had every opportunity to be honest and say, "Listen, I don't want kids because." of this thing that happened and he never did and the thing is at no point in the series does simon actually open up about this well maybe towards the end but it's always up to daphne to find this information herself yeah you know and so you can't really fault her for that because she doesn't know (laughs) yeah i agree um no but there's like an instance where we'll talk about it once we get to the episode but uh yeah there's an instance where I, we'll talk about it. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> but how did you like? Did you think? Um, did you know about duels? Like, did you know like historical romances had them? Like, how did you feel about seeing that? About them going and actually going to do that? Yeah, I was shocked that they were actually gonna go out and they actually did go out. And then, for some reason, when they said duel, I expected swords. Um, <laughs> swords. Yeah. <laughs> right away, like it went to swords, and I was like, no, wait a minute, a duel is something different. Or is it the same thing? I mean, it was swords at one point. Yeah, in it was swords. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I thought swords because do you remember when Colin said something about his sticks? Oh, we're gonna go take out the sticks out. And like, <laughs> ah, yes. When Eloise mentioned, so right away I think he said sticks. So I thought swords, like that was their thing. <sighs> that they did. Uh, I love that scene. I don't remember what episode that was, but then when he said sticks and like and violence violence reaction, just turned, and he's like, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> that part was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was explosive, intense. We love to see it. And I really feel like this is why it's such a great place to end this episode and move on to the next four episodes, because I really think it kind of ends a chapter and begins like it's it's the end of a chapter and the beginning of a new one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, But up until this point, like episode one to four, I like I remember how like how as I said, like I keep saying it, but I was hooked. And like, yeah, I just feel like everything was done really well. And like, as I said, I didn't stop. So this is going to be interesting to stop an episode here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the next episode will probably be uh, posted shortly after this one. Um, but there might be a bit of a cliffhanger here, too. Because why not? We love a cliffhanger. <laughs> but up until this point, how did you yeah. both feel about, like, the story and, like, how how it was progressing? Like, I know, Marge, you had already, you read the book twice. You read it right before you started the, the show, and then you watched the show. And S, as you said, you haven't read the book. You didn't know anything about the storyline. How did you feel up until this point? As in regards, like, to the, like, the pacing the of the show? progression, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Like, the pacing was good. I didn't feel natural. rushed. I didn't feel... Yeah, it, it felt natural. Um, mm-hmm. it, I did a lot. And I'm... I do have I a like question. That. Like, with um, Benedict and the artist, is that something that you see in the books? Like, is no. that time completely no. different? Like, his story, his side story? Was Benedict even an artist? He is. That that's, that's okay. That's true. He's always his thing is that he he wanted to be an artist, but he just doesn't feel okay. like that's a suitable thing for someone of nobility. Um, yeah. So that's a th- his thing. Um, mm-hmm. So should we should we talk maybe then about like um, the characters um, up until this point, or should we wait yeah. until the end and say like overall? Um. So okay. So did Granville come in at this point? He did, right? Yes. Has he? Yeah, I remember. I think he was there. Oh yeah, at the... Benedict goes into episode three. The art of the swoon. Swoon is when he goes to that first party. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was an interesting addition. I mean, he is in the books. Lord Grant. No, I mean is in terms of like the, the but... storyline. Like, because I, I was like, as you said, Benedict doesn't really have um, much in the book. Um, nor did Eloise or like literally anyone. Like Penelope and Colin. Like. They didn't have any, like, scenes, right, in the book? I don't remember. I read it so long ago. Uh, they're all in there, obviously. Yeah, but they're but... not, like, focused on. No, yeah. Like, they don't get perspectives in the book. 
So I thought that was really interesting. And I was worried because, yes, I did know the blueprint of the story because I read the book. But I also felt like I was kind of worried that I was like, how are they going to fit everything in? Like, it's only eight episodes and like they're, you know, about an hour each. And like, so I was a bit worried in terms of like how they're going to fit everything in. But I felt like the pacing was really like it was done really well. And like them, including these these new characters and like new situations that they had um, had them deal with. I think I think they did a good job. Yeah, and but. I I've seen some people say like, oh, the whole Benedict thing was a little bit of a queer baiting situation, which I don't necessarily agree with. I don't... If you, it might seem so for people that haven't read the books, but Benedict yeah. Benedict's story is all about. So his love interest is called Sophie, and Sophie is yeah. someone who once belonged to uh, nobility, but her father died. It's a sort of Cinderella retelling. Um, and her stepmother is really awful and she becomes a maid. She needs to find work because she's poor. And so she starts working for her stepmom. Um, and his whole story is like him understanding that he can, that like forbidden love is, is possible in a way or like that, that status doesn't mean anything for someone and he definitely because of lord granville he definitely has and the medist i guess um benedict has a moment at some point where he says like why should shouldn't i give those people as my attention you know what i mean like why are they less deserving of my time just because they are working people and so I do think that that was what that was trying to build towards of like mm-hmm. having Benedict come to those reali- realization before meeting Sophie, if he does yeah. end up having a Sophie. Um, <laughs> I feel like they will. I mean, we'll see. Like, I feel like they can't change the main couple. But I also I feel like not. <laughs> I know. Um, but like you said, like, I mean, I haven't read Benedict's book, um, but I think they did a really good job of like... Uh, having situations that these characters face like the Bridgertons face that sort of mirror their own story and like also as you said prepare them for their own story because Mm -hmm. I felt like Benedict had we're talking about this and hasn't even happened yet but like Benedict had to like you know experience like this type of character and like you know his own plight which we'll talk about later on um because like you said, I just feel like it gives him more depth. I feel like the the whole point of Lord Granville's character here is just to show a character who, because of this time period and the life and how it works in the society, he is unable to have what he wants. Exactly. But he makes the most out of what he has or can have. And yeah. he makes it work. And yeah. he... I think that's what, what that... That was the lesson that was important for Benedict of, like, knowing that, that that's possible, that some people make it work even though uh, society disapproves. Um, yeah. So, yeah. What about the other okay. characters? There's a bunch. Of, like, we, we did so not many. even say anything about Colin and Marina. <laughs> exactly. Or not even, like, Colin and Penelope or, like, <sighs> yes. the relationship between Eloise and Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> They're a thing. They're a thing, right? They'll be a thing. In Colin's story in his book, he that's that's his Penelope uh, and Colin, right? Are the ship, the yes. heron. Yeah, yes. Okay. Penelope. They're so cute. It's like yeah. this whole unrequited love thing for Penelope, which Colin eventually realizes. Like, I'm actually into 
my besties. <laughs> I just think they're so cute. cute. And, like, from the from the get-go, like, yeah, like, he takes care of her. And, like, yeah, you know, things happen. Like, she gets a drink thrown on her. Um, I just, like, and then the way he, like, picks her up and, like, you know, is, like, I'm not going to dance with, like, the person who threw this drink on her. Um, I just know. I love their relationship so far. And I think they're so yeah. cute. And they have chemistry. So I'm excited. But how did you feel about the Marina thing then? Because that is not in the books. Marina and Colin, you mean? Uh-uh. Oh. I, it was like puppy love. It was his first exposure to like a female. But the thing is, really. okay, so Colin is supposed to be a men whore. <laughs> he's actually really sweet in the show. Like, I mean, he's always, Colin is like the funny sibling yeah the, the the prankster of the family but also the one that dabbles with the ladies you know what i mean and so wasn't that anthony i mean all of them <laughs> yeah but they're but all men colin especially i feel like because he's like he's like the charmer you know what i mean like anthony is yeah. the broody one he's but, very charismatic yeah and so it works with the ladies like he's he charms all of them i feel like they changed his character the most it could have been due to, like, who they casted. He's baby-faced, isn't he, the actor? Yeah. He's adorable. Him um, and Penelope are just baby-faces. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. How did you feel about um, Colin and Maria? Okay, Marina. Did they happen from episode four? I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. I think it starts happening from the beginning, but I think... Well, Yeah. Remember, she, like, goes through that period of, like, not going to balls and things like that because the feathering things found out she was pregnant and, like, they wanted to keep her inside. Um, I don't remember when they actually restart that um, flirtation. I think it's episode episode five. Okay. So then we won't talk about it now because it hasn't happened yet. Um, All right. So this is it for this first part of our Bridgerton review slash discussion. I hope um, you enjoyed our chaos again. Yes. <laughs> and the second episode should be up shortly. Hopefully. Um, and you can find us on social media at Romancing the Monsters Podcast on Instagram or the RTM Pod on Twitter. And you can also find me um, on at Fosen Lovers on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me as on Twitter and on Instagram at But This Book. And you can find me, Steph, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And that's it. We will see you very shortly. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.